the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. Just one announcement today is that we have ends of outreach today, and we meet over at the church, Presbyterian Church, at, at 4 o'clock to load up, and then we will head over to Enzo, uh probably about 4.15, so if any, any available hands, please, please um, be welcome. I welcome you today to our worship service. Uh, those that are live streaming, I welcome you, and, and I just want to thank each of you for your faithfulness and, and, your, and your presence, um, and your prayers, and your, and your tithing, and your just, just uh, communion with one another and communion with God. Um, I just encourage everyone to continue, continue in the faith, continue in this, in this journey that we know is not for the weak, right? Amen. Church, God's, God loves you unconditionally. He loves you unconditionally. He expresses that through um, the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. But I, I truly believe that it goes way deeper. His love for us goes way deeper than what we can actually read. You know, even though the sacrifice of his son, he did that while we were what? We were still enemies of God. God loves goes way deeper than the pages in the Bible. The Bible says that God corrects and God disciplines those whom he loves. So if the word of God pierces you, understand that that's God's way of telling you he loves you. He loves you. That being said, title of the day is our conflict with God. Our conflict with God. No matter where we're from or what culture we may be from, um, our experience from birth to, to death is, is marked by conflict. It's marked by conflict. Um, conflict is all around us in our everyday lives all around us, even from us being kids, fighting over toys, or now adults arguing and fighting over politics, conflict. Conflict begins when you are getting what you want, what you want. You may want someone's behavior to change. You may... Uh, want your way on, a, on the issue. You may want someone's loyalty. You know, husbands um, and wives, wives, husband may want their wives to not worry so much, not be a worry rat. Wives may want their husbands to be more attentive, more attentive, you know. The list can go on. But when that pers other person is not willing to give us what we want, you find yourself in conflict. You find yourself 
in conflict. This Christian journey, church, is not for the weak. It's not for the weak. But we know that we were born again in Christ with the power of the Spirit to overcome our weaknesses. A lot of people think that God is going to change his mind about his standards. (laughs) And no matter how we decide to live, that the doors of heaven will be open wide open for us. But the Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible actually points to the fact that the source of all of our conflict is rooted in our conflict with God. We want our Creator's help in our lives, but we don't want to live by the Creator the one who created us, we don't want to live by his standards. So there's conflict. There's conflict. We think about most people who who you know that, that has an honest, faithful, loving relationship with the Lord Jesus. You rarely see them, if all. You see, you don't hear or see about them having much conflict with others do you? But what you see is compassion. You see empathy. You see forgiveness. You see gentleness. You see love. What you see is a, is a, the fruit of the Spirit being lived out. Now take someone who doesn't really have a relationship with the Lord. Someone who's in conflict with the Lord. They're totally opposite. Totally opposite. They don't really understand forgiveness. There's not much love shown in their relationships. There's not much uh, empathy or, or compassion for others. But what, what you see, will see, you will see anger, You will see bitterness. You will see selfishness. If a person has peace with God, they will be what the Bible says, peacemakers. They will make peace and and have peace throughout their other relationships in life. If a person is in conflict with God because of selfishness and because of sin, then more than likely they will have conflict in their other relationships, church. Even our desire to put ourselves first before God and before others causes problems. It causes problems. The Bible tells us to seek his kingdom first, to love him before all people, and all things. See, when we desire to be first and we run into other people who also desire to be first, then we got a problem. We got a problem, don't we? That's why the Bible tells us to seek the good of others before ourselves. Conflict begins when two opposing viewpoints 
are not willing to find common ground. Church, the thing of it is, is God's viewpoint on righteousness never changes. God's line on sin never moves. God's standards for us to live and, 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 and be never changes. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his standards, his word stays the same as well. So either, either we want peace with God and live by his standards, or we want conflict with God and live by our own standards. Jesus said, either you're hot or you're cold. Lukewarm can't do nothing for you. There is no in-between, church. Conflict is first and foremost a broken relationship. A broken relationship. This includes relationships between humanity and others, humanity and self, humanity and God. I don't want anyone to be misinformed. If you are harboring any kind of sin internally or externally, you are in conflict with God. Without repentance, that relationship is broken. It is broken. You have caused a separation, a separation between you and God. Not that God has left you. No, no. But you separated yourself from God because of your unrepented sin. See, it's a false concept that when God accepts us, he accepts us just the way we are, which he does. He accepts us just the way we are, but the false concept is that we can stay just as we are. That's the false concept. That belief doesn't deal with the reality, church, that we are by nature children of wrath. We were born into sin. We were born enemies of God. And to deal with this conflict in our lives, we must first come to recognize, recognize our natural hostility towards God's sovereignty. Human nature doesn't want God, church, to lord over us. That's who we are at the core. Our human nature doesn't want God to lord over us. Romans 8, 5, and 6 says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind 
leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And he says, for the sinful nature is always, always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. There is something about the human nature that is hostile towards God. Our corrupt human nature is the source, church, of the pride, the anger, the the selfishness, the abuse that destroys relationships. The fact is, the human nature wants to live apart from God. You know, it almost seems as if we have to talk to ourselves for us to obey God. We have to make sure we're in the spirit realm to even obey God. Because if we don't, we'll walk right out the door with our human nature leading us. Leading us. See, all through the the Bible, we read where God will send prophets. God will send prophets to his people to warn them about their rebellion and their sin, that it will lead them to to rejection and death. And what happened? Those prophets either were stoned, beat, or even most of them was killed. Zechariah stoned to death. Isaiah, sown in two. Stephen, martyred. John the Baptist, beheaded. All of God's prophets to tell, to warn God's people. Our human nature resists being told what to do. Our human nature resists the conviction of sin. Either whether it's from the Holy Spirit or from our fellow men and women. We will grieve the Holy Spirit. We will ignore what the Spirit is saying to us. We will just block out each other. We won't answer the phone. We won't receive those texts. We won't fellowship anymore. Because we're in conflict with God. Our sinful nature, church, wants to be its own God. There is no one exempt from that nature within us. The thing is, we cannot let that nature rise up above our spirit. That nature will not submit to God. That nature, church, will not even worship God. There will be no worship. There will be no praise. Because most of the time, when we're in conflict with God, we won't even be present. We won't even be present. 
Because what we do, we go into shame. And we elude the spiritual things of God. We elude the spiritual things of God because we're in conflict with God. Not that God has refused us or left us, no. But we refused God and left God. I heard a pastor say that God is right where you left him with his arms wide open waiting for you to repent. God never goes anywhere. We're the ones who leave God's presence. Ephesians says this, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who, who refuse to obey God. Conflict is a spiritual collision. It's a spiritual collision, a spiritual collision between good and evil. Conflict is about broken relationships, but conflict is not limited to people. Not limited to people. Our conflict is relational, relational, but it's also spiritual. It's also spiritual. We as believers are players in Satan's cosmic battle. Understand that. Just as we just heard, the devil is at work in those who refuse to obey God. The devil is at work in you and me if we refuse to obey God. That's how serious it is. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. This is why we do not, we do not hate our brother and our sister. We do not have conflict with our brothers and our sisters. It's not who they are. It's who they are obeying. It's who they are allowing themselves to be led by. To be led by. I think it was Jesus said that can uh, clean water and dirty water come out of the same faucet. Church, if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, <laughs> there's no room but the spirit of the enemy. They can't coexist. Don't be fooled about that. You are a child of the almighty God with the spirit of him that lives in you. Satan has no control over you. Where there's the spirit of God, there's liberty. 
you have the freedom to denounce any evil in your life, any evil that tries to control you. You can rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and it will stop in its tracks. The Spirit of God is all-powerful, and he lives in you. There's no demon possessing you with the Spirit of God li living in you. No. No. Are you discrediting the Spirit of God that's living in you? Are you giving Satan more power than you're giving the Spirit of God that lives in you? Understand who you are in Christ. Understand who we are, church, in Christ. The living God. The Spirit of the living God. All-powerful, almighty, all-authority. There ain't a devil in hell that can touch you. Understand that. Don't give in to the lies. Don't give in to the lies, church. Oh, it ain't the devil in hell that can touch the Lord's church. The two can't coexist. So you got to decide. You got to decide who's living in you. Who's living in you? Who's living in you? Who's living in you, church? Is it the spirit of God or is it the spirit of Satan? Who's living in you? Who's living in you? The spirit of God. We denounce everything that's evil that tries to come up against his church. Everything. Everything, seen and unseen. Heard and unheard. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We don't wrestle. We don't, we don't fight with our brothers and sisters. That's not who they are. Ephesians 6, 12 tells us this. For we are not fighting against blood and, and, and flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. It's not your neighbor. <laughs> it's not your husband and wife. No. Call them back to who they are. When you find them uh, being out of order, thinking they're, they're under attack by the devil, call them back in Christ. Tell them who they are in Christ. Rebuke that, 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 that whatever it is that's trying to attack them. Let them know that that's not who they are in Christ. They have the spirit of the living God in them. We don't act like that. We don't do those things. We don't have conflict with people. No. We pray. We pray, church. We pray. All conflict in some measure is not only about broken relationships. It's also about that spiritual warfare. Also about that spiritual warfare. Satan wants to cause conflict. <laughs> Satan wants you to argue with each other. He wants division between God's people. He wants to break up homes, families, relationships. That's all of Satan. 
God wants things to be united in love. It's a clear difference, church, if we just open our eyes. If we just open our eyes. The things of God is great for us. It's loving. It's kind. It's good for us. It's, 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 it unifies us. The things of Satan separates us. Separates us. Anywhere in your life, there is a separation. That's not God at work. Unless it's for your good. Unless it's for your good. And we know when things are for our good. We can make that distinction. The unseen enemy. And we see this church play out in the garden. Where it all started. Our conflict with God, the serpent, because of sin, church, because of sin, we, mankind, choosing to rebel against, against God, we have conflict with God, which caused a separation from God. A relationship, though, that God desires for us to return to. He desired for us to return to that relationship of, of peace, church, of harmony, of great love. In Genesis, in the account of, of the creation, in, in Genesis, the garden is described as a paradise of perfect relationships. Perfect relationships. God spoke the, the plants. God spoke the, the animal kingdom into, in, in, into being. He spoke the world into being. And God did not even name the animals. He created man in his image and told Adam to name them. Just picture that. Picture the binding unity between God and the plants and, and the animal kingdom in the garden. The binding unity. Genesis also alludes that God sometimes will stroll through the garden in the cool of the day. Just imagine watching his creation, smiling. Because of the, the unity, the love, the love. What is, what is clear is a picture, a picture of harmony. Picture of harmony. A picture of perfect relationships. The garden, perfect relationships, church. Humanity was created for and placed in communion with God, with the plants, with the animal kingdom. And as God said, it was good. It was good. Community, together, in love and peace. But conflict was looming. Conflict was looming. Evil church <laughs> was lurking, even in the presence of God. Satan had already been in conflict with God. 
he had been removed out of heaven already. Satan did not like what he saw in that garden. He didn't like that binding unity, that harmony, that love he saw in that garden. Satan didn't like that. So he brought his war with God into the inhabitants of the earth to get back at God. He can't touch God, so he goes for what God loves. His creation, his people. He's doing that right now today, church. But we're not going to let Satan use us. I want us to read through Genesis 3, 1 through 5. He says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, <laughs> he's slick, you shall not eat any, eat of any tree in the garden. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. The spoken words of God. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. God just prayed. <laughs> For God knows that, that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And we know that they went on to eat the forbidden fruit. Now, what would you do? What would you do if you knew that tree would give you knowledge and all the knowledge and wisdom that God has? See, sin desired equality with God. Our sinful nature, church, desires equality with God. That is why we rebel. Our sinful nature desires equality with God. We want to be like God on some kind of level. <laughs> if we're honest. And because that's not possible, we rebel and we have conflict. We have conflict. Sin broke community, church. Sin Breaks community. Community. Sin broke the harmony in the garden. And we see today that, that sin is trying to come between God and his church. Sin is trying to break the harmony between God 
and his church. Sin is trying to break the community within the body of Christ. Unity, harmony was broken in the garden and replaced by enmity. And he goes on to say in verse 14, the Lord, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and, du and thus you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and because of your between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband. Conflict. But he shall rule over you. Conflict. Conflict. Where it all started. Where it all started. The consequences God declared on them, church, were meant to lead them back to dependence on him. Their dependence on themselves caused relationships once undefiled by love were now because of sin, separated by enmity, by hostility, by hatred. Communion was broken between God and humanity. Communion was broken between man and woman. Humanity and creation, this was the fall of man, church. One decision. One decision. One decision to go against God's spoken word, to rebel against God, cause conflict and destroy the relationship between God and humanity. It separated us from that harmony we saw in the garden. That was the harmony, church, that God intended for the world. He intended for us to walk in that harmony all the days of our lives. A paradise of perfect relationships. Mm. All destroyed by one sin. One sin. And it wasn't the sin of murder. It wasn't the sin of, of drunkenness. It wasn't the sin of lust. It wasn't the sin of sexual immorality. No, it was the sin of disobedience. The sin of disobedience, church. The sin that caused the conflict. The sin of disobedience. Again, Genesis told us that we were made in the image of God. It shows that Adam and Eve chose to live by self-determined knowledge of good and evil. Becoming their own gods instead of trusting their creator. Now the results of their choices is that the human nature, our human nature is corrupt, is evil. 
hostile towards God and in our minds and in our hearts and because of the sin of disobedience. And I want to talk about that silent sin of disobedience, if you will. Disobedience will block you from taking possession of the promises God has given you. That's how serious it is. The kingdom of God is our hand. It's our hand. Disobedience will hinder your personal relationship with God. And then unless it is dealt with, church, it will cause you to forfeit, to give up your spiritual inheritance. Which is the Bible tells us the sum total, our spiritual inheritance that we are on this course for is the sum total of our salvation. All that is in our salvation that is preserved for us in heaven. Our spiritual inheritance. We will have nothing to look forward to if we do not correct our sin, which means correcting our heart, church, towards God. We will have nothing to look forward to. We will not see that inheritance. No matter what the world tells you, no matter what the world tells you about going your own way, you your own person, don't let no one tell you what to do. Disobedience is sin. Disobedience is sin. Going against God's word, going against God's spirit that speaks truth to us is sin. It is sin. Our entire relationship with God is based on obedience. It's based on obedience. Many Christians think that, that they have a relationship with God. But if there's no obedience to Christ, there's no obedience to the Spirit of God or to the Word of God, there is no relationship with God. You may be getting the deaf ear. You may be getting the deaf ear, church. Think about that. Our God who is holy, our God who is pure, who is undefiled, cannot join into a covenant relationship with those who are willingly, willingly disobedient and rebellious without repentance. It's not his nature. He can't do it. He can't do it. He can't do it. Obedience and rebellion, church, it cuts off our communication with God. It cuts off our communication with God. We don't want that deaf ear of God. Disobedience separates us from God. This is real. It separates us from God. Adam and Eve again rebelled. God said, don't do it. They did it. It broke that intimate relationship they had 
It separated them. Moved them away from the garden. Moved them away. We are not to be naive thinking that we can disobey God's word and spirit and think that our relationship with God is all well and good. We cannot be misinformed or naive, church. Seeing causes conflict and separates us from God. It does. When the children of Israel continued, when they continued to rebel against God, in spite of God's warnings, in spite of God's warnings, what did God do? God hid his face from them. Their relationship was broken, and there was a period of separation. Deuteronomy 31, 17. I'm about to wrap it up. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them and hide my face from them. And they will be devoured, and many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will, they will say in that day, have not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us. Ooh. And I will surely hide my face, my face in that day, because of all the evil that they have done, because they have turned to other gods. God is not playing. The kingdom is our hand, church. God will do what is necessary for his kingdom. And that's the spirit that he put in us, to do what is necessary for his kingdom, for his glory. Again, God's covenant with Abraham with Abraham, was based on obedience. It was based on obedience. God said, go, and what did Abraham do? He went. He went without question. By faith, Abraham obeyed God and obtained the promise, the Bible says. By faith, Hebrews 11, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Hallelujah. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in the foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. God keeps his word. He has a promise <laughs> for his people. For every individual life, God has a promise over your life for you. He wants you to live into that promise. We say live out, the Bible says live out the, your salvation. Live into your promise. See, we just don't hear the gospel. We live into the gospel. It's a journey to live into the gospel. That means don't stop. Continue in your faith, church. 
Don't let nothing hinder you. Live into the gospel. That journey, that journey. The Bible talks about this race, running this Christian race for the prize. Don't get disqualified from the race because of your disobedience. Don't lose your spiritual inheritance because of your disobedience. Your relationship right now may be broken because of sin. Maybe. And you may be feeling that separation from God. You may be feeling it. But in our sins, even in our sins, God gives us grace. He gives us that mercy that we need. Even in our sin, God loves us unconditionally. Even in our sin right now, if I was living in sin, God has not left me. I would have separated myself from God. Maybe getting that deaf ear from God, church. The bottom line is God does all of this, all of this chastising, all of this piercing by his word. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. God loves you. And his word does pierce. His word hurts. The reality, <laughs> the reality of God's word, of his truth, it should pierce us. It should pierce and pitch that human nature within us. It should tear that human nature apart, rip it up. And make room for the Spirit. All because he loves us. We woke up this morning because God loves us. Even in our sin. Even in our sin. God says, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to extend my grace. Where sin abounds. Grace. 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 But if we acknowledge that, what are we going to do about it? If we acknowledge God's grace, great grace and mercy over our lives, are we going to continue in sin? What are we going to do about it, church? Remember, it wasn't the sin of, of drunkenness, the sin of drugs, the sin of lust, sexual uh, immorality, none of that. The sin of disobedience that lives right there in your heart. God wants obedience from his people, church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We say thank you, God. Thank you for the reality of your word. I pray that, you, that the minds and the hearts of your people uh, it was received, God, in the way that you intended, God. I pray, God, that you continue to have your way in, in this service, God, and just, just speak to our hearts throughout this week, God, throughout the rest of this day, God, and show us how we can glorify you. Show us how we can honor you, God. Show us how we can live this life, God, to just, to just make you proud, God. 
Show us how to, to stay away from conflict with others, God, and, and, and show us, God. Reveal to us our conflict that we have with you, God. We may sometimes think that we have no conflict with you, God, that we are okay with you, God. But there's something within our hearts, God, that you know about that is not hidden from you, God. It may be hidden from others, but it's not hidden from you, God. I pray that you reveal that to us, God. Reveal that to your church, God. Not only this church, but every church worldwide that claims the name of Jesus. Reveal that hidden sin to your people. Reveal the sin of disobedience, God. Reveal your order of things to your people, God. Reveal to your people why you put the church in the earth, God. Why? I truly believe, I truly believe that God is not going to allow his church to be overtaken. That's what his word says. The gates of hell will not stand up against his church. We as his church should take that personal. The enemy may look like he's winning. But we know God will prevail. Father, bless us. Bless us all. Bless the families of these loving people here and those that are live screaming, God. We thank you, God. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to glorify you today, God. We thank you, God, for giving us the opportunity to honor you, to praise you, to worship you today, God. You didn't have to. You didn't have to, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's all we want to do, God, is to be with you, to be with you, almighty God. We love you, God, and we just want to say thank you. In Jesus' name, these altars are open.